0: I'll be buried in mine.
1: Ah, from beautiful Myrtleby, South Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Yes!
2: Yes, 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 it's me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep clapping. Clap for the election night miracle. How would we know? That you wanted the election night miracle. If you didn't keep clapping, welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen.
3: I'd like to thank you for joining us on this special night. It is a special night. This is the night before uh, I head off. Well, yes, it's also Halloween, but more importantly, it's also the night before I head off for my final event of the year. My final event of the year. Uh, which is going to well actually I guess it's my it's my final rally of the year, uh, which will be in Columbia South Carolina uh, tomorrow starting at two at the state house at the um, at the state house. they're in beautiful beautiful Columbia South Carolina from two to five uh, and then on Tuesday I will be I'll probably be going live a few times. Uh, during the election night party. We'll be having an election night party in Dallas, the Jorgensen-Cohen election night election watch party. Uh, So be sure to tune in for that. And be sure to share this video right now. Uh, Be sure to share this video uh, everywhere you can go. Facebook, uh, surprisingly enough, is uh, suppressing libertarian, uh, libertarian programming, including this Wonderful program that you're about to watch. This is a Muddy Waters Media Production. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Anchor, Twitter, Periscope, iTunes, Google Play, Float, Twitch, uh, Discord. Check us out everywhere. That the internet, it check us out everywhere. Uh be sure to like us and follow us and five star us. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to hit that bell to make sure you don't miss a single episode. A single episode of anything coming from Muddy Waters Media. Uh, and be sure to share this again. Share this right this very second. The last thing that we want is for you or your closest loved ones to miss out on a roughly hour-long libertarian podcast. Uh, that would be a terrible thing for you and everyone else involved and, and us as well. Be sure to give the gift of Spike Cohen today. Kids love it. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the libertarian dad bod calendar featuring some of the sexiest libertarian men to ever be libertarian and male. At the same time, including yours truly right here, Mr. April, you can get these at LibertarianDadBod.com for $12, including shipping, or you can get a signed one today for $30, including shipping. All proceeds go to Libertarian candidates. Most recently, they have been going to Joe and myself, our campaign. Uh, This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing liberty-related, waffle-related liberty caucus ever. There's no way that there's another caucus related to waffles and liberty that's ever done as well as us. So shout out to us. Be sure to join us on Facebook at the uh, Facebook group called Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. This episode is also brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K, because nothing matters anymore. We can spell things however the hell we want. And uh, you can get your delicious cold brew black organic coffee, the most delicious coffee to ever be misspelled. By going to Black com. be sure to use the checkout code Mw for free shipping. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by the Jorgensen Cohen 2020 campaign. Joe and I are running on nothing le- on a platform of nothing less than setting America free in our time and, uh, and we are honored for all the help that we have received along the way. Uh, people supporting us uh, across the country we have been honored to to experience that and of course this episode is brought to you by personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law if you are injured personally in i believe just the tampa bay area of florida i always forget if he does all of florida or just tampa bay go to chris dot he will get you money that's what lawyers do i should probably work on that um what else oh the intro and outro music to this and every single episode of My Fellow Americans is done by the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on SoundCloud. Check him out on his Bandcamp. Go to Music.bandcamp.com. Buy his entire discography. It's like 20-something bucks. Uh, you'll get a bunch of songs in there. You will love it. He is an incredibly talented uh, musician and a dear friend, and uh, I love his music. And I'm honored to have him on my show, have him his music on my show. This episode is also brought to you by Aquafina water, right? Aquafina, yeah, the water that I got at the airport yesterday. Shout out to Aquafina, Bulavanaka. Drink this. I actually haven't had water in a while. Shout out to Tehran Turks' and them. As always, guys, like I was saying, this is election night. Election night. Or no, this is the election for the pre-election party. Election night is on Tuesday. And uh, we're going to uh, have a fantastic time in Dallas, seeing how well the Libertarian Party does. I believe that we will do better than any previous candidate has. Um, And I believe that we will have more Libertarians uh, elected across the country than ever before. Uh, right now the number is around 230. Uh, and I think that it's going to, I think we're going to surpass that number. I think that there are some people that are going to get, uh, elected such as, uh, Donald Rainwater, uh, who, uh, looks like increasingly like he's going to win, uh, his gubernatorial race in Indiana. Uh, and, uh, and also for, uh, Ricky Harrington is another one who I think is going to win, uh, his Senate spe- seat in, uh, Arkansas. Uh, being, they will both be the first libertarian to be elected for uh, governor and for um, senator, respectively. Uh, I think that Brad Barron is doing a fantastic job in Kentucky, running in his race. There are so many people running across the country for governor and senate and Congress and all sorts of other races. I think it's going to. Uh, I think we're going to have a really good showing. Uh, Joe and I, of course, are running to win uh, the White House. We know what uh, odds we face in doing so. We know the blackout that we've experienced. We we saw how uh, with those debates, we saw exactly why the media does everything they can to try to ignore us. Um, but we think that we're going to do better than any uh, campaigns ever done before in the Libertarian Party. And uh, we think we're going to set the stage for even better in the future. Um so with that said uh, a couple house house uh, cleaning items before we get started with the uh, Q&A uh actually a couple things uh, first again I will be in Columbia South Carolina uh tomorrow at the state house for my final rally my victory rally in South Carolina from 2 to 5 uh, I'd love to have you come out love to be able to uh take your questions uh, and uh, you know that's really what I do most of the time. I give a, a short speech. We have some local down ballot candidates talk as well. And uh, but I, I like to do Q and A, like I do here. My favorite thing to do is answer questions from libertarians, um, because we have to, you know, we have to answer these questions. These are you know difficult questions. We're running to, uh, we're running to be uh, in charge of the executive branch of the government, and we need to be able to have answers for the the questions that everyday folks like you have. Um, so that's what I'll be doing in Columbia, so I'd love to see you out there if you're anywhere near Columbia, South Carolina, and then on Tuesday, we will be in uh, in Dallas. Um, before we get started with the q and um, I want to show you something. Uh, if you have been following my social media, then you have probably seen the videos from one Dan Smoltz. Who is uh, incredibly talented uh, and he actually joined me on the last leg of my bus tour and did a five part series uh, documenting my my five days uh, in uh, across the uh, the US And I'm not going to show all of them because they were all around 10 to 15 minutes long so it would be like an hour long episode just showing those videos. but I do want to show you um, uh, I, I do want to show you the, um, the fine I, I do want to show you this video uh from Miami um and uh this was our final stop on the bus tour uh or Joe, my my final stop on the bus tour and uh the long story short the intro to this video is that we were supposed to have an indoor event in Miami um we were going to you know follow all the rules in Miami cuz unlike the rest of Florida Miami is still pretty much locked down um and we were going to have an indoor event and then the, uh, the city decided to shut us down. And we're not sure if that's because they wanted to shut us out and because Trump and Biden were both in Miami at that time doing their dueling town halls uh, or if it was, uh, you know, for for uh, another uh, corrupt reason, whatever reason it was, it came out of nowhere. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to let the video go because it explains just how stupid this whole thing was. It also shows how we responded. And uh, spoiler alert, we didn't back down. So this is uh, Roberto. He's the owner of Cubo Ocho, which is where we were supposed to have our event on Calle Ocho.
1: Seven police cars came to cite him. Siete carros de policía a las diez de la noche en la calle ocho, poniéndome un ticket, fumamos un tabaco yo solo, yo solo, tranquilo, con un amigo. Un ticket, aquí está. El city manager y el alcalde, y no sé qué, y todo la policía le dice que le echan la culpa al alcalde. Dice que es el alcalde y el alcalde y el alcalde. Ahora, yo que llevo siete meses cerrado, sin pagar mi renta, sin poder pagar mis vile. Y muriéndome hambre, viene a ponerme una multa por fumar un tabaco tranquilo y solo mi negocio. Esto tremendísimo
2: Right now, I want you to know that all of you are the foundation upon which the movement for human liberty is built, and the very engine that drives it. You are the power.
3: Go back and ro- watch the rest of these. They're amazing. There are five of them. This is the last one. Don't go back now. And keep watching this show.
2: You're talking about an armed invasion of a building that is secured by the Secret Service. This is a whole thing that you're like you're proposing. What would start a small war in whatever city you're choosing? Like you know, Cleveland would become a battleground, and a lot of people would die. And I still wouldn't end up on the debate stage, nor would Joe. We'd probably end up dead. This is like a speech. We're not just another party. We're not just a lesser of three evils instead of two evils. We're not just a new set of politicians. But we're a completely different way of looking at things. We're a completely different way of looking at how government should interact with people. We're supposed to be hosting a rally and a salsa dance tonight uh, in uh, Old Havana. Trump and Biden are both in town. They're hosting town halls and they get to do what they want, but the police that gets to Stopo have shut down the one block where we're supposed to be hosting our rally this evening. And they specifically targeted the the five clubs on the block where we're supposed to be at today. They've shut them down for 24 hours from 12 o'clock afternoon today to 12 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, just conveniently while we're supposed to this be. This is here. Anthony Welty, my advanced Miami, planner. Downtown, they opened up this weekend for the first time, so I'm surprised to hear that they're shutting down eight Street for a little while the unfortunate thing is the business was looking forward to having us there, the you know, they're starving. Yeah. The of the people who have organized it is that one of the people who we tried to get a bid from to uh, to host our events um, and who presented an absolutely absurd price tag is was the only establishment that wasn't shut down last night of all the ones that we reached out to, of all the other ones. As you can see, close. Um, I just watched them issue tickets to somebody around the corner for a noise variance. So they're just being—they're—they're just—and yeah, they're kicking everybody out. Um, this is because Trump and Biden are probably. Exclusive yeah. the, the right, resolution. Oh, here we go. Living under a government that presumes the authority to tell you whether or not you're essential. Woo! Who here is sick and tired of being told whether or not you should be able to go outside, whether or not you should be able to operate your business like what they're putting Roberto through, whether or not you should be able to work to provide for your family, whether or not you should be able to return to something normal because of an imposed lockdown that even the World Health Organization has said has failed to do anything other than make your lives more difficult? Who here is ready to take back the power? There's a crisis, and the crisis oftentimes is propagated by government. This is what happens when you start winning. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. This is fighting us. This is the first step to winning. Who here is ready to take every bit of the power and the freedom and the wealth that they stole from you back and put it back in your hands where it always damn well belonged?
4: and I approve this message.
2: So both of my sources of income have been completely destroyed. Yeah.
0: What do I get in return?
2: A stimulus check made out of fake money. I don't want that. Yep. I do not want that. About sixteen dollars to $17,000 they stole from you with the stroke of a pen. You got $1,200 of that. The rest of that, the other 15,000, 16,000 that went out, that went to big crony corporations that bought and paid for the politicians who signed off on that thing, including the president. And it went to big government agencies at the federal and state levels. And what did they do with that money? They enforced things even worse on you. They made sure that you couldn't go out and make a living. They made sure that Roberto couldn't open his business. He fled Cuba with the caravans that came here in the 1980s to escape tyranny in Cuba. How horrific is it that a man who had to suffer under a dictatorship has been told for the last seven months that he's not allowed to open his business? How insane is it that someone who escaped here to get away from a dictatorship and to get to the American dream was fined and told to shut down by seven police cruisers who showed up because he was in his own bar with no one else there not wearing a mask. That is a government that presumes the authority to control every single aspect of your life. Republican and Democrat. It's the power, it's the power that they have, that the government has, that they're using over us, and it's time to stop. We are fighting for the recognition that you do best when you are most free. That you know better than these idiots who often haven't even run a real job or run a real business in their whole lives. Yeah. 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 Now you know better than these people that are under direction of multi-billionaire cronies who have a vested interest in making your life more difficult. We've been living under a soft version of the purge for months now. And now the WHO is finally admitting to that. So I guess now they'll get to be told that they hate people's grandparents and that they're anti-science. Because that's what we've been hearing for months. Well, we've been saying that this virus should be taken seriously, that we should take appropriate countermeasures to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe, but that you can't shut down everything. You can't destroy everyone's life in order to save it. Libertarians believe that when people try to harm each other or tell them how to live or try to take from them, that that's an act of aggression. We recognize that as being not only wrong from a moral standpoint that you shouldn't rob people and take their stuff, it doesn't work. If I can rob all of you whenever I see fit, if I can order you around whenever I want to, there is absolutely no reason for me to give you any value are running for nothing less than a world set free, an America set free, an America with its change removed in our time. And let's be clear, our time is now. So one of the biggest misconceptions about the Libertarian Party uh, is that we don't care about others. Just the opposite is true. We want to help others. I have been involved in libertarian campaigns where we've actually gone and illegally fed homeless people and dared the police to come and arrest us. We want people to get the help they need and we recognize that this government is simply creating need and not actually helping people. This model has failed us. No, Okay, cool. No, I, I don't disagree with you. It's just like, we've got...
3: It. So in order to make sure that Roberto, because the police were literally across the street the whole, the whole time this was happening, we actually had to keep our masks on so we didn't get Roberto, like, have him lose his life. what you're
2: hearing in the background. You are hearing a man whose life is being destroyed by government. He came here from Cuba to escape tyranny. And for the last seven months, he has been told by the Miami government that he can't operate his business. He's losing everything. He has spent, I don't know how many years and decades he has spent putting this business He's together. An institution. He has created he, an institution. He an institution here in Miami. And it's being destroyed by people who don't care. They would just as soon he'd be relying on them for his basic needs. They don't care that they're ruining his livelihood. Everything he has worked to build. They don't care. He is now facing the very thing that he fled to get away from 40 years ago and this is what you're hearing this is what we're trying to fight against this is what we're trying to end this is the exasperation of a man who's been fighting for decades and is losing everything because someone wrote on a sheet of paper that he's not allowed to be able to work Right. or be, o- yeah. be open for the public yeah for their safety for their even safety. though we can be in here with masks in a safe way socially distancing harming no one and instead they tell him, no you just have to go out of business yeah, and if you lose everything that's fine
3: Fighting for people like you. This needs to end. Thank you. I'm sorry. You I am sorry, you, We're gonna end this, okay? Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, sir. Have a good night.
2: Ready? Yep. Let's go. Everybody, here we go. Okay. I'm Spike Cohen. Hey.
3: So that was how it went in uh That was how it went in Miami, and uh, like I said, if you haven't seen all of those, be sure to go to the, um, be sure to go to the, uh, to, uh, on my, my Facebook page, or on my Twitter, or on my uh, YouTube, and check out the rest of those. He did one for Birmingham, Alabama, Savannah, Georgia, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and Orlando, Florida, and then that one you just saw in Miami. Dan Smolt is an incredibly... Uh, incredibly, incredibly talented, uh, person. And, um, and it was great to, uh, to have him on the bus for those five days that he was there. Um, so with that said, I'm now going to, uh, I'm going to open things up to the, uh, to the, uh, questions here, uh, for anyone who, uh, would like to ask a question. I'm going to go back and see if there's any questions here. And, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to, uh, put them in whatever you're using, uh, to chat. um, Uh, And I will get to as many as I can. I certainly can't get to all of them. Uh, Oh, shout out to David. Hey, thanks for joining us. Dadman from Liberty Memes is here. By the way, check out, if you want to help people around you, uh, or really anywhere, anywhere, um, and when you, you know, often, especially when you're told, you know, well, what are we going to do without government to help us? There's someone. There's actually many libertarians answering that question. We will help people, and there will be far fewer near, new, far fewer people that need help in the first place uh, when we get government off their backs. But there is a group uh, on Facebook called the Liberty Memes Five Dollar Club. Right? Liberty Memes. Uh, yeah, Liberty Memes Five Dollar Charity Club. Uh, and I invite you to join it. All they ask you to do is donate at least $5 every month to one of the causes that they put forward. You will not have a shortage of causes to be able to help. So far, they've helped uh, almost 70 different causes, raise uh, something like uh, uh, almost a half a million dollars. Um, and they've done this in a matter of a, of, of a couple months' time. Uh, so be sure to join that. Liberty Memes uh, $5 charity club. Uh, be sure to join that. Um, Let's see who we have here with questions. Let's get some good questions here. Um... (laughs) Alex Boyer says, Joe Biden says he will mobilize What are my thoughts on this? I am definitely against whatever that is. Whatever that is, we are definitely, we do not want to mobilize that. Um, Let's see what else here. Uh, in fact, David's saying, today's cause in Liberty Memes $5 Charity Club is an autistic girl who routinely leaves the yard and ends up in dangerous situations. The li- family lives on high alert when she's awake. I can't imagine the torture. We are raising funds to help them upgrade their security system and fences in their yards so that they know when she tries to get out. We found this cause because uh, the father commented on my post about the group. Um, that's awesome. Well, uh, that's a perfect example of, uh, of how we can help each other. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, Eddie Bohm says I'm volunteering to help campaign outside of my local polling place Tuesday. any tips to help me connect with people and help make Liberty win uh, short answer light touch uh for no if for no other reason then you know you can end up getting kicked out of the uh, uh you know kicked out from the polling place if you're if you're too heavy on it. Uh, the biggest thing is there are a lot of people who are there who you know who aren't already voting for us and who don't like who they're voting for but they're there out of a sense of you got to vote it's election day so you got to vote and there are at least a few people there who still don't know who they're going to vote for keep track of that keep keep cognizant of that when you're uh, talking when you're when you're spreading the message that you a lot of people out there don't know who they're going to vote for or they might be leaning one way or another or they're probably sure who they're, they're going to vote for but they don't like it at all they don't like that they're voting for trump but you know, Biden, he's terrible, or they don't like that they're voting for Biden, but man, Trump he really sucks. And you have to, you know, reach them on a on a level that they get that this system sucks and that it's only so the one thing I would keep saying is you're gonna keep having terrible options to vote for if we don't start voting differently. If we if we don't reward them by continuing to vote for their terrible candidates, they're just gonna keep putting up worse and worse and worse candidates. So I would focus on that. I don't know enough about your local area to tell you what might be specific to your area. You do. So whatever are the issues that are the most uh, important in your area, talk about how Republicans made that problem worse or created that problem and how our ideas could fix it. Um that's what I would focus on. A lot of people that are voting don't know who they're they either don't know who they're going to vote for yet or they're figuring it out, you know, in 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 line. Most have already figured it out, but a lot of them that have figured it out Don't like who they're voting for. So I would just, you know, connect as much as you can. But again, be light touch if at all possible. Um, Let's see. Um, uh, James. Lee James LaCroix asks, if you were taking questions, I never got to ask you about trucker ELD system. Yes. Where the government forces truckers to take breaks and only drive for so long. Yeah, I've talked about this before. The federal government has no business telling truckers or anyone else how long they can drive for. And in fact, it actually makes things worse. We've seen an increase in the amount of accidents that have happened since these ridiculous programs were put in place. If you are ever driving down the interstate and you just see a truck on the side of the road. And you assume that it was like broken down or something? It's probably not. That trucker's probably on the side of the road because they because their their ELD system uh, or their 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 uh, automatic log uh, electronic log uh, told them that they can't drive anymore. And they can maybe drive another mile or two after that, and that's about it. And, or they'll they'll get in trouble. They'll get fines. They could even lose their their uh, commercial driving license. Uh, and their their employer could get fined. Um, so instead of being able to drive even just a few more miles or 10 more minutes or 20 more minutes to a rest stop which would be a safe place to put a car they often have to just immediately move their truck off to the side even if there's not a large shoulder even if it's you know along some you know more rural end of the of the uh, you know of the interstate or the road that they're on where they're pretty much right next to the road and all the danger that that can lead to they have to do it for their safety um, and it's a stupid system. The federal government should be completely out of trucking and everything else for that matter when it comes to driving, and and, and it, it, they've done nothing to help things. It's only made things worse, and ultimately all they're doing is taking out the owner-operators. That's the whole point of it, is to make the cost of being a trucker in this country prohibitively expensive so that only the largest companies can afford the cost of compliance. Surprise, surprise, regulations uh, lead to cronyism, uh, make the big crony companies uh, able to uh, survive and be able to thrive with less competition while the smaller businesses in this case small trucking companies and owner operators go out of business it's stupid we should be completely out of it um uh so yeah no they should be completely out of it uh love your wife love you both dancing hey thanks that's from ed bones too Um, Isaac uh, Berentos says, uh, what can we do to encourage Latinos to vote for libertarians and letting them know the libertarian party is the best choice for all people, including uh, immigrants? This is a great question, Isaac. Uh, I got to uh, hang out with a lot of uh, uh, libertarian um, Latinos and uh, in different settings. So uh, a lot, obviously, in South Florida, uh, mostly um, Cuban, but a lot of uh, Puerto Ricans and, and others as well. And then in Texas. Uh, obviously a lot of uh, um, uh, predominantly uh, Mexican and and Central and South American, but also some, you know, Puerto Ricans and Cubans and others. And uh, what I heard over and over again is that, uh, and this is true of all demographics, but Latinos have the Democrats and the Republicans show up to compete for their vote. And then they go away for four years. And they know this, they know that they're being largely pandered to. Um, The reason that, they tend to, you know, uh, I guess the majority tend to go Democrat as opposed to Republican is because the Democrats are the ones to use more welcoming language uh, or more welcoming, you know, verbiage in how they talk to them, whereas Republicans are more likely to talk about deportations and, and, you know, uh, the wall and stuff like that. But they also know their records. They know that Barack Obama deported more immigrants, the vast majority of whom were Latinos, in his first term than trump did in his first term they know that they, they I, when i when i would bring that up they would complete my sentence and tell me that um so i think that we have an excellent opportunity especially when most of them or a good number of them either they or their parents or their grandparents uh so it was f- fairly recently They fled from a country that experienced creeping authoritarianism, whether it was socialism or fascism or communism. They have experienced what creeping totalitarianism looks like. And now they're seeing it here. Roberto uh, is now a great supporter of ours because he fled Cuba. Uh, Roberto is the owner of uh, Cuba Ocho, where we were supposed to have our event in Hawaii, in uh, Miami. Um, He fled Cuba in the 80s. He was getting away from Castro. He was getting away from communism, from creeping authoritarianism in uh, in 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 Cuba. Then he comes here and he watches it happening slowly here too. Uh, I met someone else who was a a, a business owner along Calle Ocho, who's now a supporter of ours after listening to our uh, our rally and seeing how we how we did in uh, in on Cayocho. Uh, and he told me he said I fled Cuba. He said in Cuba you can pay off the cops for a few hundred bucks. Here. You have to have millions of dollars because you have to pay off the politicians. You you can't really pay off the cops here. You and if you do, you got to have some serious money. He said. So in some ways, it actually wasn't as bad in Cuba when it comes to, to to running a business. The fact that the U.S. any part of the U.S. is even being remotely compared to a communist dictatorship should give right should give pause and, and concern to all of us. For this specific group of people, Latinos, they know about as well as anyone else, if not better, since the majority of them, either themselves or their parents or grandparents, fled totalitarianism. Um, they know what it looks like, and we can reach them with, with with our message, and I am going to be a big part of doing that moving forward, is going to be a big part of, of making sure that we are our messaging to everyone but but especially to those who the most who most acutely understand the 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 more someone already understands the reality of the situation we're in the easier it is for us to bring them over to our side uh the less comfortable someone is with the current scenario that we're in the current system and situation that we're in the easier it is for us to bring them over to make them realize that something has to change um let's see here see some other questions here um, a lot of comments just not finding a
2: question
3: oh no it's all the people oh someone said any anyone else wipe away a tear just me listen dan smolt is the only person that can make me uh get moist in the eyes uh looking at my own video of myself saying something uh someone said what's your show this is my show it's called my fellow americans um um, let's see there. Amos Joseph asked, what's up though? Um, let's see. Uh, Jack says, I have a question. Do you want to eliminate all taxes? Yes. Aren't some essential? No. Uh, Government is not a magical organization. And like any other organization or individual, they do not have a right to rob people. And if their business model is based on robbing people, it is illegitimate and should stop existing in that manner. If you or I and everyone else watching this decided that we were going to start a new service and the way that we funded our service was by going around with a gun and telling everyone they had to give us a certain amount of money or we would make their lives miserable. uh, But that once they gave us the money, we'd give them something back in exchange, a service not only would we end up going to jail for racketeering and extortion and a protection racket, and rightfully so, but also if we were allowed to do that, we wouldn't have to give good services to people because we can just rob them. And we wouldn't have to be good stewards of the money we have because we could just rob them more. Um And there'd be no... that The model lends itself to us being able to give them whatever garbage we want to because it's not based on getting paid for the value we've provided. It's getting paid because... We're threatening them with extortion, with harming them, with taking from them, with putting them in jail, with taking away their license, with garnishing from their wages. That is not a good model. Uh, Not only is it an immoral model that's based on theft and extortion and threats of violence, it's also not a good working model. It's going to lead to the kind of bad outcomes we're facing right now. And so what we believe is that government needs to move towards a voluntarily funded model. And the two best ways to do that... One is for direct fees for services. There are some services government provides that people would be more than happy to pay for that will by having it a direct fee for that service, government has to actually provide a fee that someone is willing to pay for that service or else people aren't going to get that service. So that will work for some things. And then there are other things that aren't going to be well-funded that way. So we could have something like a volunteer transfer fee where when you buy anything or, or any transfer, any transaction of any kind that involves money, uh, hiring someone, buying something from someone, renting someone from something, whatever. Anytime there's an exchange of money, you could have say a three, four, 5% fee uh, on that service uh, and people could choose whether or not to pay it. Now, if you don't pay it, you don't have to pay it, you're not going to get in any trouble, no one's going to come after you, you just didn't pay it. And the government didn't even know you did it. It's none of their business. But if you do pay it, now you have protection if something goes sour on that. So for example, if I sold you a car for $10,000, and uh, and neither one of us paid the uh, the let's say $300 transfer fee, um, if something goes bad with the car, and I'm not willing to, uh, to, you know, make good on it, you can't sue me because you didn't, use, didn't pay the transfer fee, and I didn't pay the transfer fee. But if you or I or both of us together do pay the transfer fee, now you can sue me. Now you're, now you're protected. You can use the government services. This would be a good value. People would more than likely be willing to pay it, and they'd have the protection from it, and it would allow government to fund all the other things that can't so easily be uh, funded by direct fees for services. And by doing it this way, government has to actually, again, provide value. They can't spend a fortune and run up a bunch of debt and tax you a bunch to pay for it because they don't have that power to do that. They actually have to provide value because you can choose whether or not whatever they're charging you is worth whatever they're providing you. Because Eureka, that works better than me telling you, give me as much money as I tell you that you owe me and I'll give you the services that I think you need afterwards. Um, so that's that's our answer to that. Um. Uh, Daniel Menor, Menor says, I'm frustrated with this government. Do you think we will get to 5%? I do. I do. I think everyone I have talked to uh, who has been involved in this for a long period of times, uh, the, uh have said that they see more excitement for this campaign at the grassroots level than they've ever seen before. And I've heard that from people across the country. Um, so yes, I do. Um uh Jason Koval says federal income tax turns into national sales tax. No, federal income tax turns into something that we talk about in history books. Um Can you discuss private prisons? Here's the thing with prison in general. The reason we have this for-profit prison model is because we gave government the ability to lock so many people in prison in the first place. That's what built this cottage industry and and this profit around it. If we abolish these victimless crime laws and we set all the people free from these victimless crimes that never should have gone to jail in the first place and we expunge their records and their their arrest and their conviction records so they can go and get real good paying jobs and and be able to to rebuild their lives instead of ending up back in prison on recidivism because there's no real way with that felony record for them to be able to to be able to to you know to do well without resorting to a life of crime. Uh, if for no other reason then that's the, that's what they're more comfortable with. It's what they know. They only know being in prison after many many years. And there's no real way for them to be able to rebuild their life because they have that felony record which follows them around everywhere. When we do that, when we, the vast majority of people that are in prison leave and never come back, and then we look at the remaining ones that are there and see, are these people an actual threat? to the public or these people that are in there for like shoplifting and things that could have just as easily been handled by making them pay back the person that they robbed uh, and making them whole and then you know teaching them you know uh, having them go to like a diversion program or something which costs pennies on the dollar what imprisoning them was does and actually allows them to learn from their lesson and move forward uh there's not going to be any profit in prisons there's not going to be enough people in prisons to profit from um Uh, let's see. Michael Ruggiero says, how are libertarians going to prepare for the next election now? Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, moving forward after this election, we need to build on whatever momentum we we get, um, for, from this election and work towards in 2021, there are races, uh, there are uh, gubernatorial races in New Jersey and in Virginia, and there are other races across the country. Every year has elections. Most of them are on the even years, but there are ones in the odd years too, um, the short answer is all of the people we brought into this movement, I'm going to continue engaging them and, and continue building this grassroots army for human liberty. And I, I hope that if you're watching this, I hope that you join me in that. Um, Spike, what are you doing November 4th? Joshua McHose uh, asks, Um, well, oh, on the 4th, I'm actually still going to be in Dallas. I'm going to be spending time with some friends. On the 5th, I'm going home and sleeping. I'm going to sleep. I might sleep the 6th too. And then after that, we'll, I'm not sure. Um, but moving forward, we're going to just keep moving forward uh, to build this party and this movement. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on Austin Peterson? Doot Doot <laughs> asks, what are your thoughts on Austin Peterson, uh, his criticisms of the LP, and the Liberty Republican Fat coalition strategy he advocates for? Uh, Austin Peterson came in sixth place in his uh, race when he ran as a Republican for the Senate. He came in sixth. Uh, he had the best social media, Uh, he came in six. uh, Because when you propose an actual liberty agenda, good luck getting anywhere in the Republican Party. Uh, Someone like a Rand Paul Uh, who had to fight and struggle to be able to get in and was able to do so a a big part of why he was able to was because of the legacy of his father Ron Paul and yet you see what they make him do every day they make him sign off on stuff that is not even remotely libertarian and put the libertarian brand or libertarian name next to it and uh, even though very often what he's promoting or what he's allowing other people to use his name Uh, to promote is not even remotely libertarian. Uh, Then you see someone like Justin Amash, who finally just got fed up and said, No, I'm going to be a Republican who stands up for liberty at all times. And the Republican Party said, Okay, get out. That's what happens. You either have to go with it, or you have to get out. Uh, You know, Thomas Massey, uh, others that are in the Republican Party, you know, they are able to do they are allowed to say what they need to say to be able to build up their their, to be able to to preserve their Republican or Libertarian bona fides. But when push comes to shove, if Thomas Massey's vote is needed, he'll either vote for what his vote is needed for, even if it goes against libertarianism, or he'll start getting sidelined. That's the reality of the Republican Party and the Democrat Party too, for that matter. Um, It's a failed strategy. It doesn't work. We have to build something new. The Republican machine has no room for liberty um or no it has a little room for liberty lip service but when it comes to, when push comes to shove it has no real room for liberty um uh, um um Here's a good question. Christian Varney says, Spike, a lot of libertarians fail at speaking to solutions against tech censorship. Many people don't want to hear it is a private company. They can do what they want. What would you say to them? I'd like to hear a better spoken uh, ANCAP slash market anarchist than myself answer this question. So you're right. Most people don't want to hear it's private. They can do what they want. And it is private. But here's the thing. That's not the problem. We're looking at the conclusion to a problem instead of the root of the problem. So for example, if you came into my home, and you were wearing a shirt I didn't like. And I said, hey, buddy, I, I don't like that shirt. If you can take it off and stay here, or you have to take it, or if you want to keep it on, you have to leave. That's not a problem because it's my property. If I then bought every single property or anywhere near me and, and put up laws in place to make it illegal or, or cost prohibitive for anyone to have another property, and now I control all of the area around you, and I'm telling you what you can't wear. Now we have a problem because I have set myself up as essentially a monopoly, uh, and have basically ruled things uh, by decree. That is the problem. The problem is not that Facebook is deciding what can and cannot be said, or Twitter is deciding what can and cannot be said, or Google and YouTube are deciding what can and cannot be said. The problem is that they are using regulations to make it prohibitively expensive for other companies to be able to build themselves up as the newest newest social media uh venue or the newest social media outlet um and in the rare cases that they do like MeWe they use government to put a smear campaign on them and force them into selling their company to someone else that's what happens also we have heard or not MeWe uh uh um TikTok um with MeWe We've seen that the companies who don't want to engage in that get threatened directly by government. They get told if something happens and we trace it back to people saying stuff on your platform, you're going to be held liable for it. So that's the problem. Uh, the problem as always is government. We have to get rid of these regulations. we have to get rid of you know smear campaigns found evident, smear campaigns without evidence against companies uh, who are not censoring people and uh, and we need to just have less government control and, and threats against private entities who want to allow whatever they can. Uh, that fixes the problem at its source um, uh, let's see uh,
4: some good questions.
3: Uh, Jason Koval, uh, where can I get started as a libertarian candidate in government? Uh, Whatever state you are in, go to that state affiliate. And uh, if you're not already a part of it, and if you're not already a part of the local affiliates in that area... Join them and become a part of them and become active in them and let them know what it is you want to do. Then whatever, I'm not sure what you're running for. If it's, you know, whether it's governor or city council or mayor or whatever it is, whatever your constituent base is going to be, whatever district or state or county or area you are running for, get to know as many of the different groups in that area. Everything from churches to interest groups to the Rotary Club, Optimist Club 4H, NAACP. Black Lives Matter, anti-lockdown groups, Second Amendment groups, everyone. Get to know everyone. Let them know what you're running for and ask to get to meet with them to listen to what they have to say. Not to say what you want to say, Go to where they are, ask if you can go to one of their things or to have a meeting with them to listen to what they have to say. Go there with a pen and paper or with your phone out, it's probably better to do pen and paper with a phone, it looks like you're not paying attention, and write stuff down. Even if you already know what you're going to run on, write stuff down, ask them questions. Here's what you are doing there. You are building a rapport and you are showing them that you're actually listening to them. And walk away from... You know, walk away from those meetings where you give a little bit of your policies and a little bit about it and how it would help what they've been talking about. But more importantly, have a nice situ- a nice meeting with them where you listen to them and ask them questions. They will walk away very, very, very impressed. And when you're running, that will serve you very well. Um, those are the two main things I would say. Um, in fact, Pat Barnum said, contact your state libertarian party. Um... Jonathan uh, Traumer, I think I'm saying that correctly, says, do you think most people are and will shy away from people like you and Joe because it's so drastically different and not on if it's good or bad for America? Honestly, Jonathan, most people just don't know about us. When we have been on the campaign trail and uh, I I can tell you when I've been on the trail and uh, we set up, we tried to have as many of my events as possible at like parks and outdoor areas where there wasn't a limit on the number of people there. And we tried to do it in areas where there were large, you know, residential neighborhoods nearby so that they would hear, you know, from the the speakers there, hear me talking and we would invite everyone who wanted to come and ask questions. I got to interact with a ton of people who did not come there because they were libertarians. They came there because they saw our big blue bus and they heard me talking about stuff and just wanted to find out more. When, pre- when we present our, uh, our platform and our ideas in a way that connects with people, that is engaging and dynamic and empathetic to their situation, more often than not, they either convert over or they go, wow, that's a lot of really good points. I don't know if I'm going to vote for you, but I'd like what you have to say. That's the, the, you know, there's this misperception that, you know, this misconception that people hear that, you know, Americans have rejected libertarianism. Americans live as libertarians every day, whether they like it or not. Every time someone goes a few miles over the speed limit because it doesn't make sense for it to be that low when they have somewhere they need to get. Uh, every every time that someone does something, uh, a financial tra- transaction without, uh, you know, reporting it to the IRS because it's none of their business and, you know, I should be able to, you know, make 50 bucks or 100 bucks here without having to report it every time someone does something that's illegal but it's not hurting anyone it's a completely victimless crime it's barely even a crime to begin with anytime someone finds ways around the loopholes and and burdens and barriers and regulations that are in place they are engaging in libertarian direct action they are engaging in anti-authoritarianism we all have that streak in us of recognizing that these people are idiots that pretend to rule over us they have no idea what they're talking about and They really should not be telling us how to live. There are very, very few people you will meet in life who will say, government knows better than me, politicians know better than me, bureaucrats know better than me, and the cronies who run them know better than me. Almost never will you actually experience that. That's not our problem. Our problem is that because our ideas make so much sense, and because we pose such a threat to the status quo, that status quo does every single thing it can to shut us out of the conversation. But that's a good problem to have. If your only problem is that people haven't heard of you yet, then there's nowhere to go but up.
4: Um, let's see here.
3: Uh, Colby Palmer says I am unfortunately too young to vote in this election, but I did convince my sister and brother-in-law who normally don't vote for you and Joe. Fantastic, thank you, man. Uh, and uh, and- Andrea Danielle says no candidate is more inspiring. Uh, then Mark Charles running with Adrian Wallace. I would dispute that. I think Joe is more inspiring. But I uh, said, would you ever debate Adrian? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, uh, Pat Barnum, would you talk about qualified immunity, please? So many people don't understand this cop protection plan. Qualified immunity is a ridiculous... Um, Uh, So it in 1871, uh, there was a a law passed called the Civil Rights Act of 1871. And basically what it said, among other things, was that if a police officer or government agent uh, infringes upon your rights in any way, you can sue them. You can sue them for doing that to you. Because why not? Because you should be able to do that. In the 1960s, so almost 100 years later, the Supreme Court said, well, unless they thought what they did was reasonable. Unless the person you're trying to sue says that they think what they did was reasonable. Imagine if you could go to court and say, Your Honor, I know that I've been accused of murder and all that, but I think what I did was perfectly reasonable. And the judge said, Oh, okay, well then I'm going to throw it out because you think it was reasonable. That's qualified immunity. Now, here's how qualified immunity... I mean, you, you should be able to tell just from that why this is bad. But let's talk about specifically how this has played out. Derek Chauvin, the man who killed George Floyd... He had 17 other complaints against him before he murdered George Floyd, including wrongful death. He may have murdered other people. And when the Minneapolis Police Department looked at Derek Chauvin, they made the same cost-benefit analysis that police departments and child protective uh, services agencies and other government agencies across the country make when they encounter the bad apples in their proverbial bunch. They looked at Derek Chauvin and said, this guy sucks. What a bad cop. He's hurting people. I'd love to get rid of him, but we'd have to fight the police unions. That's going to cost us an absolute fortune, and more than likely, we won't be able to get rid of him. And he's not costing us anything by staying on the force because qualified immunity. He can't get sued. We can't get sued. So we'll just leave him on the force. He'll probably end up murdering someone, and then we can just, you know, when he gets when he gets arrested for that and convicted, then we can just fire him. This encourages bad policing. It disincentivizes and disencourages good policing. It is why when Derek Chauvin spent nearly two, 10 minutes casually murdering George Floyd, the other officers just stood there because they knew that there's no accountability when, when the officers, when bad officers do bad things. Ending qualified immunity flips all that around. Now when the Minneapolis Police Department looks at someone like Derek Chauvin, they go, whoa, 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 whoa we got to get rid of this guy immediately because we can get sued out of existence by him and his actions. The police unions will also look at him and go, whoa, 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 we need to get rid of him so we don't get sued. The other officers, when the Derek Chauvins try to do something like that, stop him so that they aren't sued as, as accomplices. Suddenly, it turns out, whether we're talking about large crony businesses, whether we're talking about politicians, whether we're talking about judges, prosecutors, government agents or police officers, Officers or anyone else, when you do not hold them accountable, they're more likely to do bad things because they can. And when you do hold them accountable, they're less likely to do bad things and the people over them are less likely to even let them be in a position of power to begin with on the odd chance that they might do something bad. Ending qualified immunity is crucial to ending police brutality and government abuse in general and not just qualified immunity. We need to end absolute immunity for judges and prosecutors We need to end and, and politicians. We need to end the idea of sovereign immunity where the government can't be sued for their actions. People need to get sued when they do bad things, period. So let's see what else. Um, uh, Nicholas Andreas, and in your opinion, did Trump's actions in the first debate lead to Fox News' coverage of Joe Jorgensen? Very possibly. I know that there are some libertarians in the Fox News Uh, a community that wanted to have her on maybe that helped free that up for that to happen um so i'm not sure um possibly um uh, buddy c asks who built the cages barack obama did actually it started under bush but obama continued it um Mm, 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 mm. Oh, uh Stetson Preston says, shout out to all the people that are banned from Facebook. Absolutely, man. Also, um, uh also, in addition to that, the Libertarian Party is actively uh working to uh work with libertarians who have been uh either banned from Facebook or given that weird message where you aren't allowed to do uh what was it, uh um complicated. It was this weird thing that it said that you couldn't do if you tried to post in a group. Um, so if you go to the Libertarian Party page uh, or you inbox the Libertarian Party page, uh, they can send you a form. And we actually linked it on our link to it on our um, on our social media, on our Facebook and on our Twitter and I- I- IG for people that have been kicked off of Facebook to um, to be able to fill out this form. And the Libertarian Party is actively working with Facebook to get as many people reinstated as they can. This happens every October. Um, especially on the on the even years uh, during the the bigger election years, that they just they just silence dissenting political opinion. But we are working with them to be able to uh, to be able to get that uh, undone. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Hunter Martin, why isn't civil asset forfeiture counted as theft? It should be civil asset forfeiture. If you actually combine all other forms of theft, um, civil asset forfeiture is is more than that. And, uh, and so uh, we would actually that's on our platform is ending civil asset forfeiture, which guess who started that guess who the architect of civil asset forfeiture is, you're gonna be shocked to discover that it was Joe Biden. Um, What are some of the items on the agenda for the first 100 days of the Jorgensen Cohen administration? So uh, let's see, Uh, number one is uh, immediate declaration of the end of the wars overseas, and beginning the process of bringing the troops home, They, they won't come home instantly, but that process can begin. Um, it starts with ending the wars uh, or declaring an end to the wars. Uh, then the next thing would be uh, uh, descheduling all the uh, drugs um, and ending the uh, the war on drugs and victimless crimes and beginning the process of expunging the records of the people uh, who have been victimized by that war on drugs and other victimless crimes. Um, and then uh, what else? Uh, oh, uh, ending uh, the war on guns uh, by uh, ordering the ATF. Uh, to, well, first of all, uh, passing uh, getting rid of any uh, pro gun control regulations and uh, making an executive order that all uh, gun regulations uh, at any level of government, including local and state level, are patent violations of the Second Amendment and will be treated as such by the Department of Justice uh, and then ordering the ATF uh, to essentially not do anything. Uh, and firing the heads of the ATF and not uh, rehiring anyone um, the uh, there are many things that we will do I, really the first hundred days is mostly going to be going through all of the bad regulations and executive orders that are in place and just getting rid of all of them Get, getting rid of anything that isn't there explicitly to affirm and protect the lives rights and property of the people anything else goes uh, and the beauty of that is that when by doing undoing all that garbage at the executive level the American people will be able to see the immediate and profound benefit of being that much more free uh and we'll be able to use that to negotiate further with congress and by negotiate i mean tell them that they can either go along with our agenda or get replaced with people who do um let's see um, justin brown hey spike we love you and joe uh what is next after the election and how do we continue to mobilize stay tuned uh we're gonna have a lot of fun moving forward um Uh, Dylan Story, I hope next election to run Libertarian here in Michigan. Thank you, Spike, for indirectly giving me the confidence to do so. Hey, thanks, man. That means a lot to me. Um, but yeah, reach out to Libertarian Party in Michigan. Um, there's some great people there. Uh, some of my best friends are are in LP Michigan. Um uh, da, da, da. Uh, Buddy C asks, what is your healthcare plan? Uh, three quarters of every dollar that you spend on healthcare is just the cost of compliance with red tape and bureaucracy. We'd get rid of all of that. We'd also end things like um, patent protections for drugs that have been around for decades. We'd end certificate of need laws, which are a major contributor to the cost of healthcare uh, because it allows, and it's hard to measure how much it contributes to it because. What certificate of need laws do is they allow large crony hospital systems and hospitals to effectively shut out any of their smaller competitors from opening a uh, competing service, a competing hospital, a competing imaging center, a competing testing center, a competing whatever, which what happens when you restrict supply while demand for something goes up? The cost cost of it goes up. This is basic economics, uh, so it's hard to measure just how much of the cost of health, how much more healthcare costs go up as a result of that. But it certainly doesn't go down from it. So we get rid of certificate of need laws, and once once the cost of healthcare gets down to what it should be, uh, we're not going to need comprehensive health insurance because people will be able to afford to pay for it out of pocket. Doctors will be offering things like monthly payment plans for you know unlimited services within their network. Uh, doctors will be offering things like free consultations because once you get rid of that bureaucracy which is driving up the cost and driving down the the ability to provide services it's so much better we didn't need this pandemic to tell us our healthcare system was a mess it just really showed exposed the real problems with it uh so our healthcare plan is get government out of it entirely um um Michael Testa says, I was told that I wasn't allowed to work as a poll worker in Missouri because I'm not a D or R. How can we change this? I don't know that that's true. Uh, I don't know how the rules are in Missouri. So because I don't know, I would encourage you to reach out to the Libertarian Party in Missouri and ask them about this because that might be some kind of weird law in Missouri, in which case it needs to be overturned. If it isn't, then this was a case of suppression and that needs to be dealt with. Either way, I would get in touch with the Libertarian Party of Missouri. They'd be able to tell you that. Um... Um, Benjamin Hurst, would you give US territories representation in Congress? Would you give them their independence if they asked for it? Uh, The short answer is if they wanted independence, they would get it. And before that, we would end the Jones Act, which is what's making it so difficult uh, for them to begin with, uh, with the protectionism and the other things that are built into the Jones Act that make it so difficult for people in especially the island territories, just to be able to live their lives. Uh, It massively drives up the cost of living there by greatly restricting who they can get services from. It's a terrible, terrible law. It needs to go, and then based on that, then once they have their 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 ability to be able to to operate better without all that federal burden on them, then they can decide: do they want to be independent? Do they want to be a state? Do they want to remain a territory? Uh, but right now, they're being given the short end of the stick with the jo- Jones Act, and it needs to end. Jones Act actually hurts all of us, but not nearly as much as the people that are on a, uh, in the island in the island territories like Puerto Rico, also Hawaii. I mean, really, all the island areas. Uh... Um. Someone says gas tax is a bad example of fee for government service the gas tax is not a fee for a government service the gas tax is just another tax they say it's for the roads but most of it doesn't go to the roads i'm talking about direct fees for a specific service that you can opt out of if you don't want that service um, is taxation theft? Yes, actually, technically it's extortion. Theft typically implies, you know, like pickpocketing or something like that. It is an act of extortion, theft under the threat of force, um... Which tax is the most oppressive of them all and why? The, honestly, to me, it's the one that isn't technically a tax. And that is the Federal Reserve ex- inflating the monetary supply to hand it to government who then, uh, you know, makes you pay for it with interest. It's a double tax. And it's one that you don't see right off the bat. It's one, especially the the inflation one, that you don't realize that the reason the cost of living keeps going up so steadily is because the government's mon- uh, inflating the monetary supply and making the value of your money slowly dwindle over time. Uh, in the last... Uh, 103 or 107 years since the uh, Federal Reserve was created, your money has lost 98 cents of its value, 98% of its value. Let Let me put that another way. Imagine if your money was worth 50 times what it's worth right now. That's how much they've robbed you. That's, that is the worst tax and they don't even call it one. Um, Uh, what would you say to someone who wants to vote Libertarian but is afraid that if they don't vote Trump, then Biden would win the state? I would tell them that whatever the reason they voted Republican or for Trump, Trump has done whatever Hillary would have done. Uh, he has. And in fact, he's probably was able to do more than Hillary could do because Republicans would have fought Hillary tooth and nail. But instead, they, they lay down and take it when it's Trump doing it. Uh, do you like the Second Amendment? well, then you won't like all the red flag laws that Donald Trump has been pushing for uh, in all 50 states. You won't like his uh, his ATF banning uh, bump stocks and suppressors. And now this most recent ruling that happened a couple of days ago, where the ATF ruled that uh, long barrel pistols are now illegal, but they didn't tell you what a long barrel pistol is exactly how long that barrel can't can be. So we don't know. We know it applies to things like the honey badger and the AR and AK pistols that Donald Trump just banned. Uh, but we don't know if Donald Trump also just banned, uh, like, the old school long barreled revolvers because their barrels are pretty damn long so you know like 44 magnums and and uh and and uh uh the 357 magnums and stuff we don't know and they kept it vague and they told you that if you have any question you got to mail your gun into them so in order for you to know if donald trump banned your pistol you have to mail it to the atf and wait up to a year to find out if you're ever going to get it back uh, if you voted for Donald Trump because you wanted to see an end to deficit spending, Donald Trump has run up more debt in one term than any president before him. Uh, if you want to, if you voted Republican because you wanted taxes to be lower, once you factor in Donald Trump's uh, failed tariff program, the average American family is paying more tax burden than they were when he got into office. If you voted Republican and Trump because you wanted to see less spending, Donald Trump has spent more money than any president before him. Again, in just one term. This year alone, he has signed off on over $7 trillion in spending and is trying to push for yet another multi-trillion dollar crony bailout by the end of the year. Um, That would make it where he has spent over $10 trillion in one year, which will be more than double what any president before him was able to spend in one year. Uh, If you voted for Donald Trump because you wanted the economy to do well, Well, we're in the worst recession of our time, while at the same time, stock prices are at and above all time highs. Uh, if you voted for Donald Trump, because you wanted someone that was going to fight against the Democrats, Donald Trump has signed off on almost every single bill that the Democrats in the House and, and the uh, Republicans in Senate have handed him. Uh, if you voted for Donald Trump, uh, because you wanted someone who would keep his promises, Donald Trump has broken all of his promises. Uh, he built a few miles of wall, and that's about it. Uh, if you voted for Trump, I mean, what gosh, what's left? Oh, because you wanted the wars to end, because uh, he said he would do that. There are more troops overseas now than there were when Donald Trump got in office. And if the problem is that you don't like Trump but you really don't like Biden, that speaks to the Republican system, whereby they play good cop to their voting base and bad cop to the other voting base, so that the fear of the other one makes you keep voting for that one. That's how the Republican rope-a-dope system works, and it does not end until we stop participating in it. Um. Um uh, Some say he deserves some r and r t- some time at the beach thank you um uh Dan Berman says, what if every libertarian took over the Republican party then we could just rebrand it the libertarian Party? I don't think that's going to work. They tried that it didn't work um. Uh, Nicholas Andresen says um, how do we make sure the Libertarian nominee makes the presidential debates in 2024 so here's the thing Nicholas I'm increasingly convinced that we need to just build our own thing Uh, if we had made 15% if they had included us in the polling that would have showed 15% they would have just raised it to twenty percent or twenty five percent. I'm increasingly convinced that we need to just continue moving forward at the grassroots level, build our own thing that's even more popular than theirs, and then decide if we want to invite them to our thing. That's really how I feel about it. You know, they know if 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 there were an easy way to do an end run around their system, it would end. Their system would end immediately, and they know that. They know that if Joe had been on that debate stage and if I had been on the stage with uh, Harris and and, and Pence, it would be over. It would be obvious who the best pick is. So I'm increasingly convinced we shouldn't even uh, deal with them. Uh, Derek Ambrose says, Spike, I have a question for you. Rural America has an issue with gaining access to reliable high-speed internet. There are many government programs that have given millions of our tax dollars to major internet and telephone companies. These companies are making little to no progress, shocker, in using this money to provide the service to these rural people. They are taking this money and using it in other markets. Will you make them pay this money back to the government? And is there anything in your platform that would grant money to smaller providers to actually provide the service to the people that need it the most? Plowing fiber or installing wireless systems that are capable of providing them with the internet is not cheap. Ah, back to that on why it's not cheap. And the providers will not be able to make a profit in any reasonable amount of time. Sorry, I got kind of long-winded there. Excellent question. You started to answer your own question. The problem, you you dealt with the problem there. The problem is that money has been given to large companies who did not invest that that, uh, that, um, money into infrastructure for rural areas. The smaller companies can't do it because it's so expensive. Why is it so expensive? Well, you're going to be utterly shocked when I tell you this. But if you factor in the regulations, the taxes, the mandates, and the subsidies, which we're about to talk about how subsidies drive up prices, when you look at all of that, when you look at the overall regulatory burden of government being involved in this to begin with, that is where the vast majority of the cost is. If you get that out of it, now the smaller companies can afford, and the larger companies too can afford to be able to provide services in these areas. More importantly, the smaller ones can. Now you're saying, but how do subsidies drive up the cost? A subsidy goes to a company and now they have more money. That's how it drives up the cost. So let's say you and I are both competing to provide internet. And so you're internet company A, and I'm internet company B. And internet company B, my company, gets a bunch of money every year and you and I buy all the same stuff, right? We, we use all the same equipment to be able to do what we do. We need the same supplies. We need the same materials. We need the same fire optic, uh, 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 fiber optic cables. We need the same uh, you know, uh, metal sp- spools that they put them on that go on the trucks, but we need the trucks, we need the workers, we need all these different things. And we need the same competing things to provide the same competing services. And I'm at a distinct advantage for driving up the cost, because I can afford to drive up the cost. And you can't afford to pay the cost, I can go to the vendors and say, I'm willing to pay this for this. And I'll, have- I'll take everything you've got. And I'll take as many things as I can. And, and I'll and, and you know, I- I'll pay you this much for it. And then you show up and go, I'll take what you got left and I can't afford to pay that much. So even if they work with you, you're already paying more than I would have paid. And the reason I'm able to pay more is because I got a bunch of free money that I didn't have to earn. And that drives up the cost that both of us are paying, but I'm you're the only one that's actually paying it. I made the taxpayer pay for it and you have to pay the taxes, which means you helped paid to build my business up. That is what is driving up the cost that along with the taxes and the mandates and the regulations that make it more expensive to do it. That's what drives it up. So if we get government out of it, now the smaller providers in the rural areas can afford to provide it. Now in general, it will be cheaper to provide internet and the pricing for your internet service will go down. So, and that's really, that can be applied to anything, healthcare, infrastructure, anything else. Um, Um, uh, Let's see what company Uh, April All Year asks uh, uh, What if any big thing Do you think will break the mainstream media From strictly endorsing the duopoly Nothing The mainstream media is owned by Six multinational multi-trillion dollar Or multi-billion dollar companies That get trillions of dollars a year In bailouts from us they have a vested interest in keeping this crony system growing make no mistake when we win when we end this system of cronyism they end mainstream media is the mouthpiece organization The uh, propaganda wing of the crony industrial complex in this country. It is why all media is built around encouraging consumerism, obedience to government, obedience to the two-party system. It's all factored in. It entertains you with the aim, with the end goal game, and with the end, a game doesn't need to be in there, with the end goal of having you support this system. So, uh what will the big thing will be when we break the entire system um i'm getting so many people say i wish i if i could share all of this um i just so many people saying how they're voting for me and joe and and how excited they are and that that thank you so much um uh craig decosta says will the election night celebration in dallas be live streamed for the rest of us that cannot be there i don't know if the whole thing is going to be live stream. i will certainly be going live at least a few times um uh aaron chapman what are your thoughts on contact tracing sorry if you've answered this question already uh contact tracing if it's done voluntarily i have no problem with uh, voluntarily and not operated uh by government i'm fine with it uh anything else is uh if you want government uh you want government to be more involved in your life let it trace every time you're around anyone um here's a question Can we meet in person? You become Oh, thank you. Jorge Mendoza says, Can we meet in person? You become my new role model. Thanks, man. Um, uh, Buddy C says, Do you think fentanyl played a role in that death? I'm not sure what death you're referring to. Um, A couple of repeat questions here where where they had kept asking it until I answered it. Um, uh, Jorge Mendoza says, What questions should we be asking people who are running for a place in the BOE? Um, special appeals, special appeals court and circuit court. Uh, I think you need to just make, uh, make sure that they are operating from this. So these are specifically appeals courts. I guess the two main questions I would ask are, uh, the two main questions are how much deference do you have to executive power and, and previous case law, as opposed to interpreting what the constitution originally said. Um, and if they, Lean more on case law and uh, and and uh, executive deference and and legislative deference then I would I would I would definitely not vote for them. Um, uh, uh, Spike, what is your favorite holiday? Huh. Mercedes Lynn Damitrowski says. What is your favorite holiday? These are the ones that always trip me up. So growing up, my favorite was Hanukkah because I got gifts for a week in a row or a week and a day in a row. Um, I kind of like Passover now. Um, Probably Pesach, Passover. Um, (laughs) Typical libertarianism. Uh, Pesach is the holiday where we celebrate the... Well, specifically the fact that the uh, angel of death did not kill uh, the firstborn of the, of the, of the Jews, um, uh, but, but also m- more broadly speaking, uh, and when we read the Megillah and all of that, we're celebrating the fact that, uh, that the Jews who were slaves were liberated. Um, and so it's a it's a celebration of liberation. It's, it's uh, I guess not coincidental that that's become my favorite holiday. As a kid, um I definitely liked Hanukkah the most cuz I got gifts 8 days in a row. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh christian varney asked my boy ryan raymond i love ryan raymond is going to run against one of the worst republicans in the state of kentucky any advice for him yes call me i definitely want to help you in whatever you're running for ryan uh you are a dear dear friend and i would be more than happy to help you one-on-one and lending my support as much as possible um Uh, Sunny Mindfee says, "Why was the campaign ended before Tuesday? Uh, the campaign has not ended." Um, it, here's a good question, and it's it's kind of a difficult one to unpack. What do you, th- Michael Testa, says? What do you think about gerrymandering? Is it just a political process that should happen freely, or should it be stopped? Here is the thing: gerrymandering. And for those who don't know what gerrymandering is, gerrymandering is essentially the act of, um, so whenever districting happens, whenever the, the state and, and, and state legislatures and Congress determine what their boundaries look like for their different districts gerrymandering is essentially the act of making these weird shaped districts to ensure that your party does better than the other party and so you look at the different voting habits and demographics of different areas and you you make these really weird shaped things i personally think the best way to deal with gerrymandering is to come up with like a a computer program that has some very simple uh, uh metrics built in that simply say you know, if this is the overall demographics of this area, then every single uh, uh, district in this area or every single, you know, uh, yeah, district or, or constituency in this area has to have relatively matching, matching demographics and has to be at least somewhat contiguously shaped. It, it, it's not going to be a perfect square or rectangle but it or circle or whatever, but it can't be this like, you know, 180 uh side shape or whatever um, I think that that would deal with a lot of it um, it might require a constitutional amendment because there's not really anything in there saying or defining gerrymandering um, so I think the easier way would be, to be find a solution as opposed to trying to ban something uh, and I think technology would help a lot with that um, uh, Levi Lauber uh, says, where do you folks stand on Pebble Mine in Alaska? Now, if I'm correct, Pebble Mine is the one that was seized by uh, eminent domain. Um, if that is the case, then it shouldn't exist at all um, because eminent domain shouldn't exist. Uh, the government should not be seizing land for any purpose. If government needs something, land for something, uh, it should be able to provide a, far, a fair market value to the person who owns it uh, to the point where they want to sell it. And if they don't want to sell it, that's none of the government's business because it's their property and no one should ever force you to sell anything you don't want to sell. Um, Brian Sutton says, how would you get us back on the gold standard? Uh, I'm going to let the market, I believe that we should let the market decide that, you know, allowing for free market providers to provide you with currency has a vested better system than having the government continue to be a monopoly on currency. A monopoly does not have to to provide you with good value, but competing providers do because they'll lose you if you don't, you can choose to go to someone else who provides a better currency. So at that point, it's backed by the competition, it's backed by the value that that company provides. And if they don't, they lose your business. So then it doesn't matter what it's backed by, because the market will sort that out far better uh, than the uh, uh, than the government ever will back when we were on uh, one of the times that we were on the gold standard, uh, we used a system called Bretton Woods, and uh, government, it was a gold standard, but government just decided how many dollars gold was worth, which was not markedly different than the system we have now. Um, Jason Romano uh, says, Spike, do you like salsa or bachata more? It depends on the mood I'm in. Usually salsa, but sometimes bachata. And for those who know what salsa and bachata is, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um... Craig DaCosta, after you rest up following the election, will you come and visit Hawaii now since no longer required to do a 14-day house arrest quarantine if you test negative within 72 hours prior to arrival? Yes. Yes, and I wish they had done that sooner because I wanted to get Hawaii. Joe went to Alaska. I wanted to do Hawaii. No one seemed to be against this. Hawaii seemed to be, everyone was fine with me going to Hawaii. And then the quarantine thing was, but the quarantine thing would have made it we would have. I would have had to stay in the same building, same apartment or condo or a hotel or whatever for 14 days and not go anywhere, which isn't as nice as it sounds because I'd be stuck in the room. And if it were near the ocean, I'd have to look at the ocean but not be able to go there, much less be able to go and do anything campaign related. Um, so yes, 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 yes. Um... um... Let's see here. Uh, Brett Robertson says, "Spike, are you going to try to get the presidential nomination in 2024 if you aren't all elected? I, you know, I, I don't ever rule anything out. Um, but 2024 is a long way away, and even 2022, which is when you would need to start really uh, planning in earnest if you were going to run, is pretty far away. Um, so I really, uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing then. But I, I will say this: however this election goes." Uh, whatever moving forward I choose to do uh, I will I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to spread the message of liberty to whatever extent I can in whatever way I can to the most impact that I can um. uh let's see. Oh, crap, it's already 9.30. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to end on this question. Uh, this is a good question, uh, and I will end on this because I didn't realize it was already 9.30. Uh, Perry Beard says, Spike, if we get 5%, we get federal funding. Some people say to use it. Some people say refuse it. What do you say? That is an excellent question, Perry. So for those who don't know what he's talking about, if we get 5% this year or more, we will qualify for something called federal funding. And, uh, the, basically what that means is right now, Republicans and Democrats, they get federal matching funds, which means that they get to rob you with income taxes. Cause as we know, all taxation is theft. They get to rob you with income taxes to help pay for their campaigns, hundreds of millions of dollars, Joe Biden and Donald Trump and the Republicans and Democrats get every single election cycle, uh, to be able to, um, to be able to help pay for their campaigns, um, If we get that 5%, we now get federal matching funds up to and including whatever amount we've raised as well. This is money that's already been robbed. And so some people say, well, we should use it um, because it's already been taken from people. Um, Other people say, uh, well, we talk about never using stolen funds or never using uh, force uh, for political purposes. And yet we're talking about taking money that was stolen from people, for political purposes, for our campaign. Here's what I think. And I actually was convinced of this. I used to say, just don't take it. Here's what I think now. Give it back. So we get the money and then we give it back to people. We go to we find charities across the country and give it back. Cause I mean, if let's say we raise five million dollars or ten million dollars, that's how much money we'll get from the federal government. Give it back. Give that five million, ten million, whatever we get back. 10,000, 50,000, 20,000, 100,000 at a time, give it back to charities across the country. What this will allow us to do is A, we're showing that we're not hypocrites. In fact, just the opposite. We're taking money that was stolen and giving it back to those in the most need, kind of doing the Robin Hood thing. The next thing that we do is we show that we're better than the other parties because we are be we are able to instead of taking that money and keeping it for ourselves and using it to fly around the country and jet set around and eat at restaurants and stay in hotels and everything else that you have to do to pay for this camp, to do a campaign and and you know do video ads and everything else, instead we're giving it to those who need it the most. Then we use the earned media we get from that to talk about the fact that these people wouldn't be in the situations that they're in if government wasn't making their lives so difficult to begin with. So, for example, if we give to a homeless shelter, we can say, you know what? There wouldn't be so many homeless people if it wasn't for all of these taxes and property taxes and income taxes and zoning laws and building codes and everything else that drive up the cost of housing unnecessarily and make it so that an increasing number of Americans can't afford to be able to have reliable housing. If we give to a uh, a soup kitchen, we can talk about the fact that it's illegal f- to feed the homeless without a license in most parts of the country. If we give money to... I don't know, wherever we give to. If we, if we give to people that are the victims of violence, uh, gang violence, we can talk about the fact that gang violence happens as a result of the war on drugs the same way that, you know, the gangland warfare used to happen in the 1930s and 20s, uh, 1920s uh, as a result of the—or uh, 19-teens and 1920s as a result of the prohibition on alcohol, that the same thing's happening now with the war on drugs and that we need to end the war on drugs in order to be able to stop that gang violence. Uh, You know, we could give to all sorts of other charities. And in doing so, we can then turn around and challenge the Republicans and the Democrats to do the same thing with the money they're stealing, the money that they're getting with the laws that they wrote in place to be able to rob you to pay for their campaigns. And then we can also pledge that when we take over, we will end that. We will no longer rob you. To pay for campaigns, we will no longer have this program, and that for as long as it exists, we will never take a single penny to keep. We will always give it back to the people who are the most victimized by the system. Uh, so that's my my uh, my answer to that. And I think, um, and I think too. I think I think I'm gonna yeah. I think I'm gonna uh, leave it at that, folks, because uh, I got to start packing because we're leaving in the morning. Um, so, folks, again. Be sure to uh, check me out tomorrow. If you live anywhere near Columbia, South Carolina, I would love to see you um, to be able to uh, meet with you in person. I will be in Columbia, South Carolina at the State House on Gervais Street uh, from 2 to 5, and then I will be in uh, Dallas on Tuesday for the election night party. I'll go live at least a few times there also on Tuesday. Be sure to check out right here on muddy waters media, uh, Matt Wright and Jason Lyon will be doing a special episode of the muddy waters of freedom, a special spike Cohenless list episode of the muddy waters of freedom, uh, where they will be doing an election night special covering the election. I'll probably call in at least a few times, but, uh, Matt and Jason are two fantastic people and they will have a, a awesome show. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. And, uh, I'm not going anywhere, folks, and I hope you aren't either. This is just the beginning. We are building nothing less than a grassroots army fighting for a world set free in our times. This is not just about this election. This is not just about me and Joe. This is not just about the you know down-ballot candidates that are running this time. This is about building a movement that ends the system of cronyism, that ends the wars, that ends the victimization of entire communities, that ends the locking up of tens of millions of people, that ends the victimization of our veterans. Uh, By the way, side note there, one out of every 10 people that's in prison is a veteran. 2.3%, 2.5% of the world's prison population are u.s veterans people who swore an oath to protect and defend the constitution and the american people against all enemies foreign and domestic people that signed up to fight for our freedoms and they're in prison so we end that kind of treatment we are fighting for nothing less than a world set free in our time and i hope that you join me moving forward after this election in this election and moving forward from it because we aren't going anywhere and we are sharing a message a very clear and empathetic message that you own yourself You own your life and your body. You own your labor and your property. No one should be able to harm you. And we, the people of liberty, the Libertarian Party and the Libertarian Movement, stand alongside you and fight against it, against anyone who would try to harm you. And that is our message moving forward. That is our policy. And we will achieve it. And if at any time you feel like it's hopeless, I want you to remember something. Every major movement that has resulted in great things for humanity, Name a positive social movement or political movement that has happened anywhere in the history of humankind. It has always started with a small group of people who knew what the odds were, who knew how hopeless it looked, and didn't care because they knew that the alternative was giving up and surrendering, and that they would never do that, and that they would never stop. They would never rest until they achieved the freedom until they achieved the results that they wanted in their time. That is what we are doing now. And when we achieve that, when the wars are over, when the victimization of the people has ended, when this government is brought to heel, when the cronies are kicked out and the bums and idiots that put them in have been kicked out, and the system of bureaucracy that has made our lives so difficult has been kicked out, when we have reclaimed our lives from those in power who wished to harm us and to rob us to pay for it, when all of that is over, it will be you that people remember. It will be you that people talk about, the pioneers and the trailblazers who looked at the odds and said, I don't care what the odds are. I don't care if anyone's telling me that it's hopeless. I refuse to give up hope. I refuse to stop fighting. I refuse to simply shrug my shoulders and say, oh, well, I guess it's just going to be this way. You, you brave remnant, I am so honored to be working with you every single day and I look forward very much to continuing this past this election, moving forward into 2021, 2022, 2023, and 2024, and onward from there. I am very, very, very excited about what this movement is going to look like, and I am honored to be fighting with you. Guys, have a great rest of your night. God bless. Remember, I am Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys.